we just uh we just hit record and we go we just go even after a hard workout yeah yeah so um that was a hard workout it was fun though yeah it was a good one so kind of chipper style so what what does that mean what's a what's a chipper um a lot of little movements like in one I don't know yeah is that the right explanation yeah yeah for sure so uh what what was it even I'm I'm still winded from it yeah I'm exhausted it was like 60 toes to bar yeah 50 walking lunges yeah which are always good no matter how much weight on a walking lunge yeah I'll be sore yeah I agree could be no weight and I'd Uh still be sore yeah then rowing 40 calories 30 then 30 burpees. burpees over the bar. That was that's where I got really winded. Yeah. Trying to like speed through those. Yeah. Have you always trained like this? No. So, well well, well let's just let's like jump right in. Who is Haley Peterson? <laughs> um I would define myself as a mother. Yeah. A wife. Um I have three kids. Been married 13 or 14 years in May. Yeah, after 10. You just kind of lose count. Yeah, yeah. And I am a cheer coach of 12 years now. That's cool. Yeah, graduated high school and got right into it. And Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what my life revolves around. So how, how long have you been a cheerleader? Like, when did you begin cheering? I started as a dancer, like my whole life. Did dance, and I also played sports, but... When I got into high school, they didn't offer a dance team. So I did their cheer program, which my mom was the coach of anyway. So I did cheer my freshman through senior year, along with doing like every sport you could, volleyball, basketball, softball, track, golf. Um, I ran a little bit of cross country. Didn't have a ton of time for it with football season, like in cheering, but. Yeah, and it's running, so. Yeah, I love running. Okay. That was my previous training. When you asked yeah. me like, have I always trained like this? I used to just only run. Like that yeah. was my thing when I did track. I was the mile and two mile runner of our team. Like I just enjoyed running. Yeah. So what drew you to cheering? Um, probably my dance background and then my mom just being the cheer coach. Um, I decided I would, I would do it and I was able to do, um, sports and cheer. So I thought I can do cheer and play the sports that I love. And then my junior year, they made me pick because it was like all varsity sports at that point. So then you have and to I, kind of cheer for the sports that you were doing. Yeah. So I stuck with cheer. Mm-hmm. It was nice though. My freshman and sophomore year, I made varsity sports and then just cheered down on JV. Oh, cool. So it worked out for that long, but then becoming the varsity cheerleader, yeah. they made me pick, which was fine. So you're varsity cheerleader junior and senior year? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yep. And literally probably just all the dance that I did, my mom being the coach. And then my mom decided to be done coaching as soon as I was done. She'd done it a long time. And I coached at Madison for one year, and then Sugar called me and my mom, and we're like, you want to come be a dual team? So I did it at Sugar ever since. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, when did you start incorporating tumbling into everything? So you danced. Did, did you also do gymnastics? I didn't. I was a self-trained gymnast for all of my life. I could do, like, pretty decent skills around if I can't spring tuck was, like, all I could really do was a few extra like aerial skills and stuff like that from all the dance background. Um, I took privates with Justin Packard my junior and senior year so that I could try and go to your college. But during a private, I hyperextended my knee really bad okay. and had to sit out for like eight weeks. And so I wasn't able to really um, get as much tumbling as I wanted into going into those college tryouts. But I uh, was able to... I went to 
Weber State, which is one of the top cheer teams in the state of, in all of, all of the United States, and I was able to make it to callbacks. It was between me and one other girl. They threw us back in for callbacks, and they chose the other girl, but I was really proud to even make it that far. Like, not having a huge cheer background, I felt really proud of myself for making it yeah. into, like, basically, like, the final two, you know, me and one other girl, like, being, like, the, the last two. I felt really good about that. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so then you moved into coaching. Mm-hmm. And how has that gone? I mean, you've been pretty dang dominant. Oh, coaching is an up and down roller coaster. Yeah. Like some days I'm, I love it. And other days I'm like, wow, this is really hard. Well, you're in charge of a lot of, a lot of people yes. and young moldable minds. Yes. I, like I said, like some days I love it. And honestly, it's not the days that we're successful. It's the days when I feel like that I empowered somebody mm-hmm. or made somebody feel better about themselves. Those are my favorite days. Yeah. doesn't matter if like your girl comes in and like, like she has an awesome day, but like maybe like feeling like less confident. Like I don't feel as good about those days. Yeah. It's like the days when I know the kids like leave on a high, they want to come back the next day. Like those down days when like, I'm like, man, they probably went home and told their parents that they're ready to quit today. Yeah. Like those are my, that's my roller coaster. Like on the way down when I'm like, Oh, like this, that's not what I want this to be for them. I don't want them to go home and feel badly or feel like that they weren't successful. Like, for sure. So, so that's what, the roller coaster. So what's the balance there? Like how, how do you do that? How do you deal with that? I think that there has to be down days yeah. because then there's never an up, which we're taught that in life anyway. So that's not anything like brand new to learn. But I think I have to teach that to the girls. Like because you had a down day, chances are next time we're going up. You know, like next practice, like it's probably going to feel a hundred times better because today was hard. Today was grueling. Today was not an easy day. So in two days, because you worked so hard today in two days, it's probably going to feel like that that skill we couldn't get, that that tumbling pass we couldn't get is going to feel so easy. And so just teaching these kids that never give up because I think that's like way important. You know, you have kids that are like, I think I'm ready to quit. I think I'm done. And I'm like, but are you learning by giving up? Like you're not learning how to deal with hard things. And when we grow and as we become adults, life's hard. Yeah. It's not easier. Like the, the trials that we learn in cheer are just life lessons for adulthood when everything is harder. Yeah. Yeah. And as a kid, we kind of think, oh, when we get older, it's all going to just be so easy. But yeah. And like, you can't just quit when you're older. You can't just, I don't want to be a mom. Like you can't do that. Like being a mom is hard. It has roller coasters. Being a wife is hard. It has roller coasters. Yeah. Like, and you can't just give up on, on your spouse. You can't just give up on your kids. And though those are very different things, giving up on cheer, giving up on family is way different. My goal is that I've made them stronger and it's easier to push through the hard times. Yeah, for sure. And how you do anything is how you do everything. So if you can begin that at a young age and have a good coach that's teaching that. Yeah. Then once they get into those harder trials. Yeah, it's just is making them realize that there's always light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. You know, you'll you might even have a bad month. Sometimes we have skills, we have skills and then all of a sudden those skills are gone and it feels like like so devastating to them. But I'm like it will come. You yeah. have to trust the process. It's going to it's going to get better. Isn't it crazy how and it happens I think with almost everybody in maybe life but just especially cheer and I I'm I'm thinking more gymnastics. You'll get a skill. You just got a skill. Yeah. And then you lose it. All the time. All the time. But it's like, I've done it. 
Yeah. But why can't I do it now? And then as a little kid, you're devastated. You're like, I lost my back handspring. I can never do this again. You're like, mm-hmm. No, but you had it. It will you, come. It will come back. Yes. It's so weird. Yes. So how, two, two questions. One, how do you deal with that? When a kid has gotten a skill and then they lose it, how do you approach that? So through all of like my 12 years of coaching, this has been something that um, I, I've learned a lot more through experience. When I was a younger coach, I would definitely like push it. I'm like, okay, well, let's go harder. Let's go stronger. Like, let's do more. Let's get in 100. And I've learned that that's the wrong way to do it. Uh, back off. Let them get it back at their own pace because it just creates a bigger like brain block where it's like, I still can't do it. And I did 100 today. Like, why can I still not do it? So for me, I'm like, let's come in, let's hit five or 10 of them. Let's move on. We'll do it again in a couple days. Um, Once you push it so hard, it just becomes more and more frustrating. So the longer I've coached, it's with just more of a positive, chill feedback. Um, I've I've had parents, you know, be like, well, what can they do? How are they going to get better at this? Like, why aren't you fixing it? And I'm like, trust me, this is better than me pushing it. If I push it, it's going to get so past the point of frustrating that they won't get it back for two months instead of maybe a month. I'm like, just trust the process because I've done this now for a long time. My first four or five years, I would push mental blocks. I would push skills so hard to the point that it was just devastating to them that they still didn't have it. And I'm at a point where I'm like, if I make them do five today, they're not going to get, they're not going to get overwhelmed. It's not going to become like, I have to do it now. So... I guess that's how. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so building on that, <clears throat> so you said the first you know, four or five years you'd kind of push it and then you've backed off a little bit. How do you feel like over the last 12 years you have progressed as a coach? Um, when you're young, a lot of people doubt you and winning was everything for me to want to, for people to want to come back to me. I felt like I had to win. I felt like I had to do it all right or people weren't coming back way too much pressure put on myself. Don't get me wrong. I still have a lot of pressure now, but in those first four years, I felt like if we lost, people wouldn't believe in me. People wouldn't want me to continue on as a coach. People wouldn't come back to me. And so I pushed, I pushed really hard and I had great teams, but I didn't have maybe like the numbers or I didn't, when we were winning my first four years, we won. I won five in a row right off the bat and we were winning and we were so successful, but I had lower numbers than I've ever had, you know? And, um, Uh, We're still successful, but in like the last, you know, six years, it's more important to me to teach them how to lose or how to um, get stronger, you know, if we're not perfect and things like that, instead of just enforcing a winning team. And don't get me wrong. I like, I like winning. Oh, for sure. There's no doubt that I like winning, but I've decided that there's got to be a balance of it's okay to lose and we'll rise and we're going to try to win next time. But let's do it in a, in a happy way instead of like in a drill sergeant. Yeah. Let me get what I need out of you right here and now. And we still go there. I still go to that moment of like, you got to give me what I need or, you know, I'm gonna have to find somebody who will. And that's kind of part of cheerleading is it's always a scary sport that way where, you know, if, if you're not basing as well as somebody else can base, then you might lose your spot. Or if you're not yeah. flying as well, somebody else, somebody might come take your spot and that's like a hard thing. And sometimes I've had to make those hard choices of, I'm so sorry, I've got to take you out and put somebody else in. So I still have like those drill sergeant days where I'm like, I've got to do what's best for a team. 
but it's definitely become more progressive over the last few years of, I'm going to give you your best shot. Yeah. You know, I'm going to give you this amount of time. I'm going to teach you all that I can. I'm going to give you what I know. And if it's still not going, I might have to go with these younger classmen. I might have to go with somebody who's less experienced, but seems to just understand how to do it a little bit better. And, and that's always hard on these athletes, but for the most part, you know, I've just really felt like that I've been able to relax into it. I still put a ton of pressure on myself. Winning's important to a lot of people. People see winning as success. I don't always see winning as success. Um, Like you can learn so much more through losing than you can through winning. And so I think both are important. You know, you want to have both. And I've learned that through all of my 12 years of coaching that, you know, you just do your best. That's, that's all you can do. Yeah. Sometimes other teams are better. You know, example, my, my, I have five all-star teams. I have a junior team and a youth team and my junior team won and my youth team took fourth, but they were the second highest scoring of all five of my teams, but they took fourth place. Yeah. It's just that division was stacked, wicked stacked. And, you know, I tried to tell this to my youth team. If you, if you would have been, been against our juniors, you would have taken second place. A harder division, junior level four, youth level three, and you would have taken second because you would have beat the other team. It's just, you know, it's, it's, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. It's just it's so much, it's easier to be like, well, they won and we lost. Yeah. But, but not, your scores were dang good. Yeah. You're helping them look at the deeper part of it and go, hey, you actually put in a lot of work. Here's your scores. This is the objective yes. view. It's subjective to look at it and go, oh, well, we lost. Yes. Well, objectively, you kind of killed it. And like our junior team would have taken second in that youth division, you know, because those scores were so good. And I'm, so I'm just, you know, just trying to teach all those little things of you lost, but like you have to look past that. You have to look at that score. You have to look at where you were a year ago because that cute little youth team a year ago, you know, it was hard. They were doing skills that I honestly didn't think they would get by the end of the year and they nailed it. Yeah. They hit amazing performances and, so I was more proud of that than a first place. For sure. Yeah. So you have talked about high school cheer, but then you also started talking elites and juniors and yeah. youth and everything. So you coach two different types of cheerleading. Mm-hmm. What are they? So I coach a high school team, uh, freshmen through seniors, and then I coach... And is that like JV and varsity? Mm-hmm. Okay. So two teams there. Two, te- two teams there. And then, um, but they do one practice together. Cool. My nodes are kicking in. You're good. You're good. <laughs> Haley is going through puberty right now. <laughs> no, I have a throat condition. Um, and it's from all the years of coaching. But anyways, moving past that, um, I have need to awesome, hire you a, vi- a voice coach. <clears throat> I, I actually use a megaphone at practices now. That's cool. Because it gives out after about 30 minutes. It's going right Well, now. we're only 15 minutes in right now. <clears throat> If we need to cut it off, though, we're, we're good to. I got this. Um, I have an all-star team um, start when I joined. They were, I don't know, going for maybe two years. And the Packers gave me a call and asked me if I would come on and assist. And halfway through that year, the head coach decided that she was going to go on a mission. And I knew nothing about all-star cheer. Scariest thing of my life. No, no clue what I was doing. And there was like 16 of them. We had one team. And uh, I remember going to that first competition, and we lost. And I was, that was back in my days of yeah. winning is everything. Yeah. Nobody will think I'm successful. Well, we lost for about three years straight on my all-star team. I thought it was time to just give it up. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. So much different than high school. 
I don't understand the scoring. I don't understand what they want from me. And, you know, seven years later, um, we have five teams, you know, 71 girls, and we just went to a big, huge regional summit competition, and four out of five teams took first. That's awesome. You know, and I, and I wanted to give up. Yeah. You know, three years in, I was like, sorry, Courtney and Justin. I'm like, I'm done. And Courtney yeah. was like, you got this. Like, I know you can do it. And Courtney kind of kept believing in me and kept pushing me to just like I do my athletes. And that's something that's important to me is to be coachable my whole life. For you know, sure. I expect my athletes to be coachable. I have to be coachable. And, you know, Courtney coached me through it. Courtney's not even a coach, but to this day, like she was my biggest mentor, my biggest coach of don't give it up. Yeah. Like I believe in you. And this was her program. I'm like, you're the owner and I'm losing for you and you're not ready to give up on me. Like cool. that shows me like that my parents weren't ready to give up on me either. Yeah. You know, it just was like everyone trusted each other and trusted the process of she's learning, but like she can do it. So like, let's push forward. And you know, this day I would, I would consider it's very successful. So. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, and you know, like I said, success is defined in two ways. Yeah. You don't have to win to be successful, but you know, we are, we're kind of, we're up there where we're sort of getting to that, you know, we're, we're winning more and more often, but we're learning so much too through everything yeah. else. Well, there's the whole adage, you either win or you learn. Oh yeah. I like that. But the whole thing is if you learn, you're also winning. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So really you're winning. Yeah. Even if you're losing. I've actually never heard that. When are you, uh, win or learn? L yeah. Win or learn. I've never heard that. I maybe, like that. Maybe I came up with it. No, I'm just I kidding. really no. like that. Um, yeah. You either win or you learn and, and, I think as you've been talking through everything, that's really what you've been saying. You yeah. know, uh, if those first three years you weren't winning, you were learning so that you could then win. Yeah. And it's ups and downs, right? I mean, next year it's possible that you don't, but that means you yeah. learn. Yeah, exactly. I like that a lot. What is the biggest difference in high school cheer and you said elite or all-star? An all-star. Um, I'll tell you right now, I like all-star scoring so much better than high school. Um, I got to be careful <laughs> for anyone who might listen to this and be offended by it. But like the scoring system is just so, so much more put in place for all-star. If I have a team of 23, I'm required four plus five stunt groups. Plus I have to have 12 hit elite tumbling and 14 hit advanced tumbling. And I know my score. Yeah. I can predict my score down to, you know, the 10th. As far as a raw score, the judges are then allowed to give technique score. Oh, but even cool. then, I can predict my score. In high school, one competition, a judge scored me a 98, and another judge scored me an 89. Interesting. So I'm like, I can't even, like, I don't know what high school judges are always looking for. It seems a lot more biased in high school cheer. All-star cheer is a lot more cut and dry. Like, I, I knew my scores yeah. before they even... Send me my score sheets. I can tell you within for sure a point of what I'm going to score. Now, what are the technique scores based on? Uh, obviously technique, but is that kind of like a, like a bonus in gymnastics? So everything is worth like eight to nine points. And so difficulty is worth 4.5. And that's what I can predict. And then technique is like worth like another four or another 4.5. And we even have a rubric like, um, it can still be biased for sure, but it's a little bit more cut and dry. Like on my score sheet, they have to put minus 0.2 for leg separation, yeah. minus 0.1 for timing. 
and that's your technique. Okay. So that's why I can even kind of pinpoint that. I can be like, oh, those sections were off. My guess is they'll take a minus 0.1 because our timing wasn't together. So you're talking like in a tumbling pass, for example, yes. their legs are apart. They they can take away up to minus 0.2. They get a deduction. Mm-hmm. Or someone now in, in elite cheer or all-star cheer, you can also do higher level skills, correct? Mm-hmm. Like, well, yes and no. Okay. Because in all-star cheer, like you have a level one through six. So depending on what level you go, uh, five and six is harder than high school cheer. Level four is basically high school cheer level. Okay. So yeah. can high school do like a, like a basket toss, back tuck? Mm-mm. Okay. But even in all-star cheer, they're actually not that common. That would be lo- like your level six uh, going up there to that level seven. Did you know I coached cheer for a while? No. Yeah, about three years. At Rigby? Um, yeah, at uh, Twisters. Okay. Back in the day. Cool. Yeah. I was spotting a basket toss back tuck once and got kicked in the nose. Oh. And uh, pretty sure it broke my nose. I had to get deviated septum surgery later. But um, all the girls were like, why is he crying? I'm like, I'm not crying. I got hit in the nose. I got kicked in the nose. I had to get deviated septum surgery too. Isn't it the worst? It was also from a basket toss, but I need myself in the nose. Oh, you were the one doing the back tuck. I, it's called a ball out basket toss. Okay. Where you like tuck and then straddle. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I need myself right in the nose. And like on the way down, um, on the way up, I like need oh, no. in the ball part, like where you like come yeah. into like the tuck position, hit myself in the nose and okay, on the way down, it was during a game and blood was like gushing. <laughs> I'm like, got blood on my uniform and they're like, Oh, who hit you? And I'm like myself. I, I hit myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, how was that deviated septum surgery? That is the worst surgery ever. Yeah. And now that I have like this throat problem, I had to get like the camera sent up my nose and down my throat. Yeah. <clears throat> and brings back all the PTSD. From, yes. Yeah. It's exactly what I thought. I'm like, no, you can't stick anything up my nose because after we did that DVD at Septum, my nose is so sensitive. And they pull those big old plastic things out. And yes. you're like, How the freak did that fit up there? I thought the stitches were the worst part though. Taking the stitches out of the plastic. Yeah. I, I guess I, ba- I barely remember that. I do remember that part of my nose being kind of sore from the stitches. That is so weird that they stitch those in. Yeah. I have like two scars on each side of my nose. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, my mother-in-law just got it done. And right before she did it, I'm so sorry for what you're about to go through. I got it done. I was getting married in just like a few weeks. And Josh, my husband, like tickled me one day. And I need, I oh, no. set my nose into his back while he was tickling me. With those plastic tubes up there, it was like the most pain I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah. It was awful. Just nose right <laughs> to the back. Yeah. Okay. Well, we got sidetracked on deviated <laughs> septum surgery there. What, what do you think the biggest, this is a very hard question because there could be so many answers and you can go off as far as you want. Like what, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned over the last 12 years of coaching the biggest lesson that I'm not perfect at yet which there's no such thing as perfect anyway but it's honestly still the pressure I put on myself like it's just I want everyone to be so happy I want everyone to feel like rock stars and it's on those days when they don't yeah that I go home like my poor family will be like 
like literally like my kids cheer for me, my two girls. They'll walk in the door, they'll look at my husband and they'll like literally look at him and be like, it was a bad day. Yeah. Like let mom, like let mom go to her room. Chill, yeah. Yes. You know, and like, I wish that it didn't affect my home life because I don't need to put that pressure on myself. I can't, I can't put the, the pressure of everybody's feelings are not reliant on me. Yeah. And my husband's really good at that. If somebody's like kind of mad at him, he's like, you know, that's on them. And at like, I, like he doesn't need to be mean. Yeah. But, but he can, he can draw that line. He can be like, I actually wasn't rude. I didn't necessarily do anything wrong. And, and it'll be like, and I did apologize for like being offensive or, you know, hurting someone's feelings. And at this point, like I've done all I can, you know, to make it right. And like, he's really good at that. He's really good at trying to teach me that. And so I, when I say like, it's like a lesson that I'm trying to learn as I go yeah. to, it was a bad day and that's okay. Like, let's go home. Let's enjoy like a nice, we never have dinner together, but on the nights that we do, like let's enjoy a dinner together and let me just like wait and fix that at our next practice. Yeah. But instead I'll dwell and dwell and dwell. And I want to just instantly make these kids feel like rock stars and so I get that's my lesson that I'm progressively learning as I go is to try and take the weight off of my shoulders because I can't continue to carry. You know, I had 101 athletes this year yeah. from high school and all-star and I can't, I can't always make sure they're happy. That's impossible, For especially sure. girls. No yeah. offense, but girls are, they're harder to keep on that high. Yeah. I feel like guys can like stay higher, maybe a little bit longer. I watch the guy athletes, I guess I'll say. I have boys on my high school team and they don't go through the ups and downs like the girls do. It's yeah. not the same level of, you know, their, their feelings and their hormones and things are just, they're just so much more even paced For and sure. like they have bad days and they get mad and there's like no doubt about that. I'm not saying that, but a hundred girls, I feel like I've bound to have some that are unhappy every once in a while and I can't carry that weight. Yeah. That's my lesson I'm learning. No, I like it. So what are you doing to actively combat that? Because it's tough, by the way. Like, one, you see a lot of people in the workplace that have a tough time leaving issues at the workplace. Like, that's just how it is. Um, yours is even un- more unique in the fact that you have 100 moldable minds. I don't even know how you remember 100 names. Um, you have a hundred moldable minds that you're kind of responsible for. I know we've talked about that before, just in the past in passing. Um, what are you actively doing to keep that work life balance and keep work at work and home at home? Trying to remember that, that we are moldable, I guess when you say moldable minds, um, that like you, like remembering like in two days, cause well, my all- I'm thinking all-star team. They practice every two days. My high school's every day. So we'll go back to high school, I guess, is remembering that if I have like a bad Monday, we can go make it right on Tuesday. Yeah. And so I don't need to overthink it. I don't need to figure out how to solve it right then and there. I'll go to practice on Tuesday and I'll make sure it's a great day. Um, and, and yes, remembering that they're multiple in the fact of if I came down hard on them on Monday, like they're also learning how to deal with a boss with, you know, somebody who they'll have to work for in their lifetime that a boss might be unhappy and 
they're able to also understand it in a way of I'm teaching them that Oh, help me out, Tyler. That like one day, like that their if their boss comes down on them, yeah. it's okay. Yeah, for sure. It's that, them learning. Uh-huh. Yeah, which the whole win and learn thing. I mean, yeah. Right, like right back to that. Um so two more questions. Cause I like I like like I was actually gonna say like what are your top two, but I actually really like your top one, what was right there. So we're just gonna leave it there because I, I like that a lot. I think people can take something from that. Okay. Um, what's the craziest thing that you've seen happen? Uh, I'm talking physical. Oh. Someone's at a competition or a practice or just the craziest thing that comes into your mind. Um, lots of broken arms that are yeah. dangly. I've yeah. seen a lot of those. Oh. I mean, I've gone to a point now, this is sad, and some people might be annoyed by this, but I'll like watch girls fall from like stunts. We don't have very many that ever hit the floor. It yeah. happens. Yeah. It happens. You have really good. We're ca- safe about it. Yeah. yeah. We won't start. We won't start doing a skill without spotters until I know it's, it's good to go. But, um, probably like when I like watch Gil's stunts anymore, I'll like watch them start to fall and I don't even flinch. Yeah. I'll bring on my new coaches that are, come from high school cheerleading, you know, they'll come start to help me coach. And every time somebody goes to fall, they, they like flinch and they're <gasps> like, Oh my gosh, is she okay? And I'm kind of like, she's fine. Yeah. Like it's, I've done it now for so long that I don't even necessarily look at those, those falls and those, like those ouchies. I'm kind of like, you'll be fine. Give it a day. Like you're good to go. Um, but I've definitely seen, I don't know. I've seen a, I've seen a lot of falls, but broken arms are probably the most gruesome thing I've seen where like the arm is the wrong way. Yeah. Like the elbow dislocated and it broke. Yeah. Yeah. So I've seen like the hand is literally facing backwards and it happened to a little five-year-old girl. She came down on it wrong. Elbow dislocated the wrong way. She was holding her arm and she goes as calm as can be. Do you think it'd help if I popped it? (laughs) <laughs> no please don't no, touch the, your arm the, the doctor will pop it. like good. you let it be i've seen a mom not be able to carry her child out yeah i had a mom in the waiting room once assist taking the mom and the daughter to the hospital because she was so frantic yeah. um but for, as far as like gruesome things broken arms but i've definitely seen a lot of head hits yeah some gnarly noses, some oh, yeah. pretty good noses that are like definitely not facing the correct direction. I've fixed a few dislocated fingers in my life. Lots of, you know, oh, you're going to be fine and pull on the pinky and <laughs> throw it back in place. Yeah. So I can't pinpoint one yeah, just a nasty, gnarly fall. I saw a kid rip his toe off once. Ooh. You ever heard of this story? No. We were playing Sharks and Minnows. I was coaching team that's a dangerous one he jumped and uh he came down on his big toe and not only did it dislocate but it ripped the skin oh so it was dangling and he gets these really big eyes and like i don't know what kind of natural instinct people have to do this but he grabbed his toe and he shoved it back in place Oh my gosh. And then I carried him out to the waiting room and I, I don't remember, I think his parents came in and got him and brought him in and they stitched it back up and made sure that it was all back in place. But 
Ooh. Sharks and minnows ripped his toe off. That game, I've had so many head hits. Yeah. People will try to jump over somebody and they don't make it. And the knee goes to the head. We don't play that game very often anymore. Because girls think that they have more height than they do. And then <laughs> next thing I know, they're taking off somebody's head. So Arcade. I watch the boys take each other out. Oh, they are. Yeah. So. Yeah, they're gnarly. Um, yeah. Our boys just finished regionals and gymnastics. And they were like. Coaches told us now we can have fun at practice. <laughs> <laughs> now we can do whatever we want, try whatever skills we want. It doesn't matter. It was cool. Uh, last one. What's the funniest thing that you've ever seen? These are definitely putting me on the spot. I know. They're tough because you've now been in it so long that there's so many. It's going to um, be tough to pin them. Am I allowed to say a name? Uh, if it doesn't offend them. They will be if, offended. If we need to edit it, we can, but usually this She'll is She'll be raw. fine. Um, Bailey Ostermiller. Um, her senior year, right before state, we were doing routines, nothing, nothing different. Like it was a routine they'd done for nine months and a twist cradle elbow went to her tooth, front tooth, totally gone, Oh no! totally missing, like on the floor, trying to find her tooth. And I like, I've just never seen somebody like gorgeous girl. And then that tooth is gone. gone. And it was, her face was so much different looking. She would smile and I was like trying not to laugh at her. But like during the routine, she's still going? Well, it was just at practice. Oh, it was at practice. So thank goodness it was only at practice. Yeah. Because I would have felt bad for her if she had to finish without her tooth. <laughs> so smiling. But it wasn't just a chipped tooth. Like gone. fully gone on the mat, picking up her tooth and sending her to the dentist to hopefully get it fixed. They thought they fixed it. And unfortunately, a year later, it was dead. And oh, sad. I know. I was super bummed. But that was actually really funny. Yeah. Well, it's good, too, that you can have humor in humor in pain. She laughed it off. And I think when Holman was a little more emotional, um, yeah. kind of like, my gorgeous teeth. She had gorgeous teeth. She still has gorgeous teeth. But there, and then she was laughing pretty hard. It's pretty cool. Um, I I think what you do changes the world and i know that that's a bold statement but you think you've got you've got a hundred girls right now or you know 100 girls and a couple guys yeah young moldable learning about life learning about failure they have a coach that's teaching them that it's okay to fail to learn it's okay to win it's okay to win humbly um i think it's really cool what you do yeah i just I want them to be better people along with becoming a better athlete. Yeah. That's, you know, better people is way more important than better athlete. You know, you have kids that maybe are never hugely successful at cheer, but they still love it. They still do it. And, but my goal for them is they never give up on it. And two, you know, they became better people for it because yeah. it wasn't, it maybe it wasn't their forte, but they really enjoyed it and they stuck it through and, you know, they learned a lot of life lessons. I'm a huge advocate of like being on time, you know, wearing the correct clothing. Wait, not you. You're not the one that gets like to work 30, 45 minutes early. I, I might show up to work way too early everywhere I go. It's actually a bad thing. Courtney, my boss said this to me and she goes, how much of your life do you waste being 30 minutes early everywhere you go? And it's helped me a lot because that's a lot of life Yeah. to to waste 30 minutes just showing up early to practice. And generally I set up a lesson planner. Yeah. Things like that. Like normally I'm like working, but 
I don't always need that lesson plan after 12 years. Like yeah. I usually kind of can go with like w- with what I need. And so, yeah, just teaching them all the things to make them better people is far more important than making them a better athlete. But why not kill two birds with one stone, I guess? For sure. Well, and something as little as you showing up early actually is a huge example to them. So, you know, if someone's consistently five, ten minutes late, like I'm notoriously late everywhere, um, it's a pretty good lesson to them. So even you being that example, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So I appreciate you chatting. I've wanted to for a while to just kind of talk about cheer a little bit. And I know that you've been hugely successful in what you've done in cheer and you've done it for so long. Um, I mean, at this point, it's probably thousands of kids that you have coached. And a lot of them. Yeah. And you know what's still fun is I feel like that I create a good enough relationship with some of them that this makes me old, but I get wedding invitations. I get baby, like bridal, what are they called? Baby shower invitations. Like I get invited to bridal shower still for these cute girls. And, you know, that's, that's like, that's the, the gift. What, what am I like the trophy? That's the trophy for me is five years later, a children will reach out and be like, Hey, I miss you. And I like love that they still want to, to keep in touch with, with a coach that, you know, hopefully had an impact on their lives. And I don't impact everyone, but I know that there are a few that I do impact and it's so amazing when they reach out and want to tell me about their life. And I love seeing them, you know, in a grocery store with two babies on their hips. And I'm like, that makes me old, but like, I like love seeing it. It's just awesome. So it's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for what you do. And, um, after you win a few more, let's, get back on a chat that sounds great but we'll get josh in here one of these days yeah i'd love to i love he's talking with actually guy. he actually has so much like good to teach with his you know his his positive outlook on on everything so yeah. he'd be awesome to get in here yeah i agree i um i was about to buy or I, I did i bought some stock options the other day and him and i've been talking about it so i recorded how i bought the stock option i was like you've got to buy this one right now that's awesome and then later on he's like i was driving i couldn't watch it and it's gone up since then but oh, i will shoot. i will find him more good ones that sounds perfect but yeah he's such a good guy he's fun to chat with and yeah so you picked good or he picked good you guys both picked good it was a weekend when we decided we would marry each other one weekend one week one week one week and that's we were awesome. both like yeah. Yeah. Let's get married. That's cool. Yeah. Because nowadays, and there's like, I'm not zero judgment on what people do, but nowadays it's like, oh, we've lived with each other for eight years. Yeah. So now we can get married. Yeah. It's for like, sure. Or just make that decision. Be like, hey, what happens if we've known each other for a week? Let's just do this. Yeah. And then you make it work. Yeah. For sure. That's basically what we did. It's pretty cool. Yep. How long after that week before you guys got married? It was about six months. Okay. Yeah. So Kira and I also was six months, but. Yeah. I knew pretty quickly. Yeah. Took her a little while. She was like right out of high school and she's like, I can't I was, get married right out of high school. And then something happened. She dumped me and then found out she couldn't live with me. So couldn't live without me. I was going to say, I'm <laughs> couldn't, super confused. <laughs> couldn't live without me. No, I'm just, and then, uh, yeah, she was like, you know, I, uh, I've had this time away and I really like you. And I was like, okay, we gotta go get a ring. We gotta make this happen before <laughs> she changes her mind. That's hilarious. If we were, uh, a week we decided that we would want to, we would want to get married after a month we were engaged and then decided to get married in May and that was that. It's awesome. How long before you had first kid? Um I was we were basically on our anniversary and I found out I was pregnant. So about a year and a half 
after we were married. That's funny, but that's so close to Kira and I. Yeah, because I also got married a year out of high school. Okay. Yeah. So how old are you? I'm 32. I'm going to be 33 this year. Okay. So really, I think as far as married and kids, we're like the exact same. It's just I'm older than you. Three years older. And that's Josh too. Josh is three years older than me. Yeah. It's cool. Well, life is cool. And like you said, there's ups and downs, but what you do with, with these kids, I think, is teaching them just such great life skills forever. I hope so. That is my goal. Well, keep it up. You're pretty awesome. Thanks. Yeah. We'll chat soon. We'll see you later. Bye.